My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Bashi here. Today we have a super exciting guest, Lou Diamond. He's the founder of Thrive Loud, an organization that helps businesses skyrocket their sales and retain clients. He's also the host of the Thrive Loud with Lou Diamond podcast. Lou empowers people to connect, engage, and win. Welcome to the show, Lou. Thank you so much for coming on. I am so excited to be here, Bashi. Um, you know what I'm also I, even more excited about is is that the weather where I'm at is where you want to be, and we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna heat it up on this podcast here, so your listeners feel like it's all warm and fuzzy. How about that? Lucky you, must be nice. <laughs> okay, I'll try not to be too jealous over the weather, but I'm okay. super excited to interview you. You, you've, I'm sure that you've got great nuggets of information. We'll cover your challenges, your podcast, your goals some of your best wins. And I'm sure within that conversation, though, we'll have some great takeaways. Before we jump in, do you mind telling us a bit about your story and where you are today? Yeah. So um, I love telling people that I was put on this planet to work with the most amazing businesses, leaders, and brands and help them thrive through the power of connecting. Now, what does that mean to your listeners here? Okay. So thrive through the power of connecting is I work with salespeople so they can better connect to their targets and prospects. I work with marketing teams so they can better connect their message to their leaders. And I work with the top leaders so they can better connect to their people. Because when we connect, we actually elevate the conversation, we elevate the relationship, and we do things faster, better, and we basically thrive. So that's what I do. And um, it's done through my speaking. It's done through my consulting. It's done through the podcast that I host. And it is literally what I live and breathe each and every day. How'd you get started with this? So I worked for a very, very long time in different walks of sales and consulting. Uh, I used to work way back when, we'll just call it the Neolithic era, a long time ago. And I used to work at a company called Anderson Consulting and Deloitte. And that was when I really kind of learned how companies connect internally and externally. Uh, this thing called the internet came to be, and I ended up working for one of the companies that was focused on starting and building the first websites for it. And when I did that, I was working a lot in the financial services area because that was my area of expertise. And I worked for some of the largest investment banks you've ever heard of helping to build their original web presence. And this goes back 25, almost, you know, almost 25 years ago, which is kind of scary. Uh, and then I actually went and worked on Wall Street. I worked in institutional sales and trading. So I, I, I was combining all of my sales, my consulting, my marketing expertise, and I had pulled it together. And I was a top sales performer. And between you and me, I had a unique way of doing things. It wasn't necessarily the things that I said or the things that I did. It was actually a certain way I recognized you needed to be. It was a way you needed to connect with people. What that led to was me starting my own company, Thrive Loud, and basically focused on this area of connection, because I think it's something that's been missing. Uh, and I think the pandemic may have even amplified that even more is how much we miss the opportunity to connect with other people. We literally were physically taken away. And I'll ask you this question really simply, Bossy. Where does every connection in your life begin? What activity takes place where every connection with anyone you've known in your life 
is where the starting point for that connection. What it, what's the activity that that is? I want to go with either hello or a handshake. <laughs> okay. And what if we were to summarize that hello and handshake, I think you both would agree that that's the beginning of what you and I are having right now, which is a conversation. Right. Every connection in our life begins with a great conversation. It is where we connect. But you and I both know not everyone connects with every conversation. They're, they're passing, they're fleeting, they kind of move off into different directions. We don't land the sale the first time we pitch it. Our message doesn't come across. When we speak to our organization, you know, we don't necessarily are clear in the way that we actually resonate and get through to the people. But I ask you, Basi, what if we did? What if every single time you had a conversation, you connected with somebody? How much more powerful would we be? How much more meaningful would our words be? How much more valued would our time be if we were able to do that? And all the work that I've done on connection actually led right to that, Basi, which is I'm helping people better connect through great conversations, knowing the way they need to be in every conversation, which will increase the likelihood that they will make the connections that will lead to the relationships that will help you connect, engage, and win. So all of that work in my career and all the things that I had done beforehand led to this expertise in really digging down deep and helping people have better conversations. And like you and I are doing right now, you have great conversations with all your amazing guests on this program. That's something that we've done on our podcast. And we try to be, make sure we're having a great example of that. And we're doing that and carrying that over into the workplace, carrying that over into our personal relationships. Wouldn't it be great if every time, you know, you had a conversation with someone you were interested in, it, it kind of the first date led to a second date. Or, you know, um, people who've been together a long time, the conversations don't end up being combative. They end up being collaborative and working together. That's where I specialize and that's what I focus on. So all of my work in the past, I've kind of channeled into this specific expertise. Interesting. So I've got it and I'm, you know, I'm sure people pay you for that kind of information. So divulge as much as you're willing to divulge. But what about the way that you connect with people is different than the average person? That is a great question. And it took me a long time to figure out what that was. Um, and, and I mentioned this very carefully. It wasn't necessarily the things that I said, or maybe the, the things that I did to lead up to make a conversation greater. I actually understood how you needed to be in the conversation. And that's actually what I coach and train people on. Understanding that there are, at its core, there are five key elements in what I love to call, as I'm holding up my book here for your listeners here, the speakeasy mm -hmm. way of connecting, because that's to connect with every conversation. That's what we focus on, on our speakeasy methodology. And, and first of all, let's start off with one of the ways you need to be. And this is something that you're being right now, which is why we're connecting on this very front. And one of the ways you need to be is to be curious, just to embrace curiosity. If you ever think about how many times you go in and you're so focused on maybe your own message or the, your own agenda and what you're trying to do, a lot of salespeople do this. They know they have to sell something. They have to get a message across. They have a certain amount of time to meet with someone. And they're so focused on pitching their own stuff, they're not embracing the curiosity maybe that they need to to connect with another individual to learn, well, how can I help that person? Where's the opportunity for me to fit in and solve their problem or not solve their problem, right? Because that's sometimes important to know when you can and can't do business with someone. Too often we forget to be curious, like that little childlike version of ourselves, which loves to ask questions. That is one of the most key elements to everything that we do in understanding there's a way you need to be curious. And a lot of it comes from the way you need to be asking and listening. Be in that mode when you're th there, which you're being in right now as a podcast host. And by the way, when I host my show, I get to sit in that seat 
and practice my curiosity all day long, which I love because it's a lot of fun. I get to ask all the questions I want. And what actually is happening between the two of us is my curiosity is piquing your interest and we're actually connecting through it. I used to call that connectosity, mm -hmm. but that's basically what we're trying to do is embrace that. And that's one of the many ways you need to be. And I actually help companies understand how they can make sure they're, they are intentional in being curious in their messaging and the way they sell stuff, in the way they actually ask questions in every meeting and every conversation they have. Mm. I've got you curious right now, trying to figure out what the next question you should ask would be. I guess I want to know when was, can you name a time where realizing the skill and understanding the importance of it saved you yeah. a deal or saved you in a certain situation? That's why I want to just how vital is the skill to you? Oh, so I'm going to give this to you on, on a certain uh, scale. Right when I, right when I started Thrive, I, I'd always been very successful working in Wall Street. I had, I had really big clients. I was a top producer for many, many years. And I never really thought about what I did when I had conversations or I was engaging in certain relationships. You know, I figured I knew a certain amount or I had a certain personality. And you've heard this before. There are people, oh, those people know how to sell or they don't know how to sell. I don't know if that's true or not, if you do or you don't know how to sell. But what I did know is that connecting, the skills that I actually focus on were something that was more important than actually selling or marketing or leading. So what I ended up doing was before I started Thrive, I had a fellow colleague of mine that had a technology company and he would go every year to a trade show out in Las Vegas. He was always having trouble like closing deals at this conference. And he knew that I was a very good salesperson and I was trying to do something different. And I was building out what Thrive was going to be about. And I said, would you like me to help you on this particular thing? I also wanted to kind of put my connecting skills into practice. And we went into this event and it was one of those two and a half day trade shows, Basia. And I was like, all right, how many deals have you done in the past at these events? And he goes, I'm lucky to have gotten one key relationship out of this. So going into this, I said, here's our goal. We are going to close business when we're there. And within 30 days, we're going to close even more business because we recognize some things are going to take longer. On the flight home after that very entertaining, exhausting, and pretty awesome trade show, we inked two deals on site in Las Vegas and within 30 days, we added another five, a total of seven new business deals in just that amount of time. My colleague who flew me out there, who, by the way, like upgraded my seat because he was so happy with the performance. We're sitting in now extra leg room. I was kidding. He didn't get me to first class, but you know, I got more leg room now. We're in, the, <laughs> we're in there and he, and he hands me a little piece of paper, Vasya, and he passes it to me and he goes, I need you to write down what it is you do, because I don't think you know that what you're doing is unique. And that led to my first book, which is called Master the Art of Connecting. And what I actually worked on was kind of this internal way you have to be inside, what I call your connecting core. And these are muscles you have to tap into. And that was your all overall presence, uh, the way you present yourself in a meeting, the way you physically talk, the way you actually like even physically need to be with someone or how quick to engage or how short to engage. And I started writing all these things down and that led to a pretty popular book. Uh, we double clicked down on it several years later when we wrote Speakeasy, which was then we realized the real thing is how well you have that conversation because we figured that's where it connects. So the difference in that first time and helping that one particular client succeed in such a short amount of time was almost like my case study to show that we can do it with anybody. And that's what I've been doing. So all the companies that engage with me, we set goals on what they're trying to sell by the end of the year, what they want to try and grow to. And I'll break down where the conversations are breaking down. 
So when we go in there, we're changing their language. We're changing the way they think. We're changing the way they need to be in every one of those environments focused on the sales aspect. And that is the work that I do. And it's very niche and very like specific on who I'm actually able to help. But the results for the last, I guess, eight years at Thrive Loud and even more than that, you know, going back, always continue to roll onward and upward, which is what Thrive means. So we're kind of proud of it, but we also know that we have something and we want to continue to educate others so that they can take advantage of it as well. Your business is very successful and I love what you're doing. And even though it's niche, it's, it's revolutionary. You're helping all these businesses with their challenges, but what are your challenges? Oh, great. If you're question. willing to be open about it, if you're willing to be vulnerable about it, but uh, well, one of the know. ways you have to, yeah, you have to be open, Basia. And, and that's actually like, if, if you, if you're not embracing, look, we have our failures too. We, we knew this was an interesting take and this is kind of funny was some of the initial challenges was to your point, we, I knew I had something really successful that companies really needed. And I was so convinced of it. I was falling into the same trap that a lot of other clients do, that they go in thinking that they have the greatest thing since sliced bread, and they're going to bring it in there and tell everybody about it and talk how great it is. And by the way, I wanted to do the same. So one of the big challenges was to kind of make sure I was drinking my own Kool-Aid. And then I followed the rules of speakeasy on how you need to be and understand that I got to be more engaging and asking. It can't be such a shove down your throat type of way of selling and connecting. It's got to be a long-term marathon relationship because sometimes people are not ready for you today. Sometimes they're ready for you tomorrow and your goal is to get to know faster. So when you're talking to a potential prospect in sales and you're actually really convinced and you, and you do all the things, you ask the great questions and you, you move down a path to do that, you have to know right away, is this something that is for today or tomorrow? And the sooner that you do that, the better you can move onward to the next item and where you could focus. We had that challenge on our own on our own end because we we knew we had such a great thing and we wanted to find the right area that worked in. And, and I talked about the nichiness of who I worked with. Well, it turns out rather fittingly, where did I do well? Well, if you heard my background, I worked in consulting, which is professional services. I worked in financial services and I worked in marketing. And, and I'll put it marketing and technology because it was the internet. Well, those are the three industries that I'm able to do the most work with. Because when I focus on that particular group, I'm able to be the most successful because I know their space really well. My team knows how great we can do in that area. So we've tried to delve into other areas and, and we've done okay and we've had good results, but we know that sometimes we have to keep focused on what we do best so that we could really get the results and the numbers that we have. So, so our challenge, if anything, is to make sure that we handle and grow, handle our own growth because delivering on this and helping those companies that we work with connect, engage, and win is so vital that we really have to stay true to that and not try to spread ourselves too thin and maybe get too far out of our range on, on other industries that we might be able to do it. So, so for me, that's been a challenge, uh, but I look forward to it because it gets me more driven to do more work in the space we do well. Mm. Yeah, just... I sticking with your ideal customer and providing the best results for them versus having, yeah, good results for people that fit yeah. outside of that avatar. You know, and, and adding to that, one of the things that I do is I speak about this and I talk about these high level concepts that we help these companies work in and tell really good stories on how you can have those better conversations. And they've turned into kind of like this most interactive workshop because I like to make my speaking engagements conversations because they're the most fun, just like a podcast interview is. Uh, and 
I've spoken to certain industries and I found it really fascinating that in those large groups, it's really the concept still really works and everybody understands it. And there's really important nuggets that we're actually able to provide for our certain clients that they can deliver on. However, it's it's so much better when the whole organization embraces it. When you create a connected culture, you're everyone's feeding off of each other. The sales team is understanding what the marketing messaging should be. The marketing understand the sales needs. The leaders of the organization understand how everyone inside needs to be better connected and have better conversations. When that happens, you get a a level of throughput that is just so much more awesome than just that one-off hit or getting a couple of wins under your belt. We want to create sustained, thriving, moving onward and upward in all the aspects of your business, whatever we work with. Um, which takes time and partnership and actually a really important connected relationship. So that's what we love about the clients we work with. And uh, I guess maybe one of the other problems I have Basia, is that sometimes I have to say, no, I cannot help an organization because either we're so committed on the ones that we're working with, or we know that we're not going to deliver the best results because someone's looking for our services that we might not be able to be as effective as they'd like us to be. Mm-hmm. So then I want to know, like, let's say, let's say you were to double or triple your revenue. What are some Mm -hmm. challenges that you think you might face then? Cloning myself is one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. I choked myself up. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I'm good. I'm good now. Let me just take a water. All right. Mm. No, I'd say as it relates to our business, we've expanded into different areas on how we've been able to get the message of speakeasy out. So not only where I'm speaking to organizations and we've grown it, the revenue that way, the clients that engage us, we've been, since we can actually create an exclusivity in the type of space we're in, they have to engage us longer. So they're actually hiring and paying us more money so that we don't go work at other competitors and other things to do that. Yeah. Um, and then we found other ways to make some money. Uh, of late, I've been working with top professional podcasters on how they can actually use their podcast to follow the speakeasy method so that they can actually turn their podcast into podcast, if you would. A little cheesy, but it's totally ah. true. Um, and we're using the same methods on how the conversation you're having in your podcast interview can lead to the clients that you want to work with, or even the sales tactics on how you can go after and find the people you want to do business with. So uh, we actually just launched this program a few months ago. It's going really, really well. And now we have huge demand for our second and third iteration of what we're doing. So we're finding other ways to take the message and expand it out on a much bigger basis. Mm. So what does podcasting look like for you? What does that system look like? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, so one of the things that most people forget about a podcast, like, so you have your listeners here, you know, when people think of a podcast, they're thinking, oh, well, how many listeners do you have? How many, um, you know, who are you targeting? What's, you know, what's, how many people got to know about the podcast via social networking or whatever it might be? Well, for each type of program, your podcast has so many different revenue opportunities. I think a lot of podcasters forget that the greatest asset that they have is the overall platform of being a podcaster. You have the ability, if you have a really successful show, to have conversations with some of the most engaging and powerful people that could be your clients could be your business partners. They could help open doors for you to establish sponsorships and alliance with your program and your content. I even have helped create podcasting networks using the Speakeasy podcast network inside of large companies. 
sales teams are running podcasts following the speakeasy formula so that they could actually increase their sales and follow all the things that we do at Thrive, but they're doing it through their internal podcast, which is kind of crazy. So here mm-hmm. I was, I created a podcast to help market a lot of the things we do with Thrive Loud. And now actually there's ways for you to optimize and make money with it in the podcasting space outside of, you know, just people paying to come on your show or paying for sponsorships or even most notably, even though I have a little bit of a cold today, I do a tremendous amount of voiceover work because I've done so many different podcasts that I've gotten paid to do that. The avenues on where you can find revenues for your podcast are going to be very specific to your needs. And one of the things we do in this course is help map out so you can figure out what those avenues are so that you can ring the cash register each time. Absolutely. I mean, that's it's it sounds pretty similar to what we do as well. Awesome. What have it's you guys okay, so you know what you're doing, clearly, but everybody I hope so. At least like would... I've, I convinced <laughs> I convinced myself I am. Yeah. That's where it starts. That's where it starts and it grows from there. All you have to do is convince yourself. That's the first step. <laughs> but everybody has challenges. So what have your challenges been around growing the podcast? What does it look so like it's... when you come that far with it? So I think it's important to think about the importance of being consistent and persistent over time. So the Thrive Loud podcast, which at the time that you and I are having a conversation, we're flirting with our 900th episode. There are three shows a week. There are over 15,000 listeners per episode, which is bazonkers, by the way. And if you would have told me when we started our podcast that that's actually what would have been, I would have said, you're crazy. That was when we first started it. And I would tell you, here's a funny story, about 150 episodes in, right about that point, I wasn't sure if I was going to continue the Thrive Loud podcast. I wasn't sure if it was leading to the opportunities of where things were. Then something started to happen. And I think that point actually may be an important threshold for those serious podcasters out there trying to figure out what makes your podcast click and turn into opportunities. A lot of it has to do with the fact that Previous guests that we had all of a sudden started engaging me for the services that I had for my clients. That's what it was one. It was like we went back and we started revisiting some of the people that were on the program and realized at the time we spoke to them, they weren't quite quite ready for us. And then they were. Mm-hmm. So the podcast all of a sudden became a lead gen opportunity, building the funnel for our business. That was the first thing that we realized. But the real thing that we realized, because by the way, I've created multiple podcasts. I've probably done over 1,200 some odd interviews is that the podcast network, I don't know, I apologize to the listeners for the screaming phone in the background. I'm going to place it. I don't even, I don't even know what that number was. <laughs> the real story about, about podcasting, Vasya, is that the ability to use this network of podcasters is the greatest connect working tool of all time. Since you know I'm all about connecting, I don't believe in just networking. Networking is adding people to your network, which is important. You need to do that in business. But the real thing you need to do is make connections with those inside of your network, right? It doesn't matter how many people in your network, it's the quality versus the quantity. So as a podcaster, I have the ability to go to any other podcast host and they can go to me and we could identify opportunities where there are prospects and who I could work with. There are people that I may be able to do business with. I had somebody go through the podcast program who needed a sponsorship from a major airline because she actually talks about travel points. It's like big thing that she does. Um, And it's a very successful podcast show. 
And sure enough, through one conversation through the network I had, we ended up landing her a five-figure deal for this past year on her getting sponsored by a major airline. And oh, by the way, her podcast plays on the planes when you go through their internal channel when you're flying on the plane, which is pretty freaking awesome, right? Oh, that is that so only, cool. That only happens because of the fact that you have the ability through this medium to connect with people and really make great relationships and utilize the, the platform itself. You know, I've had, I've had other hosts on my program where we featured their programs. I've had other guests where they've asked to be on other shows. There's a network of really, really serious podcasters. And I'm not just talking about those that just do it fleetingly and then they're done. I'm talking about people that love it. And if you actually really create that network of unbelievable connected individuals and use your network wisely, oh my goodness, the doors are incredible for what you can do. And most people forget about it because we're so focused on ourselves and our own story. We're not embracing that speakeasy method. We're only focused on our own show. I'm going to tell you the real, the real story. You want to make money? You don't only have to have people come on your podcast. You need to go on other ones because that's going to extend out your network and connect with other programs on where you are. And that's why when I launched my book, Speakeasy, we promote Speakeasy wherever we go on a lot of podcasts. I started promoting Thrive Loud, even though I've been doing it for so long, just like we're doing right now. Because what an unbelievable opportunity. A podcast is arguably just as valuable, if not more so, than a new book or a new brand. It really is one. So that's why we keep everything in line with what we do. And it draws more people to us and enables us to embrace this whole ability to connect, engage, and win in everything we do. And I mean everything. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. What is your, what would you say is your number one win since you have started Thrive Loud, since you started the podcast, if you had to pick one moment that makes it all worth it, what would it be? Can I give a business reason and can I give a sentimental reason? You can give both if you'd like. Okay. From a business reason, I could tell you that um, this last 18 months, and so I guess it would be like a whole bunch of stuff, but one particular client inked with us for a multiple six-figure deal. And when I added it up, there was over a million dollars in 18 months, which is crazy from revenue generated from the podcast. So I would say like, that was one thing when all of a sudden we looked and said, oh my God, look how much we've taken in just from the podcast itself. On a sentimental reason, I will tell you that I, I end every podcast interview with this little expression, which is it's actually something that I believe in, which is be brief, be bright, be gone. Be brief is to make sure that you're really short because time is the only resource where we don't have a lot of it and we can never get more of it. So we want to use the time that we have in that short amount of time and be appreciative of other people's time as well. Be brief, be bright. You make sure you say something really brilliant and you amplify what you're trying to do. And be gone doesn't mean drop the mic, Basia. It means basically like to move onward and upward. Make sure that every conversation you have elevates to the next level. So when I have conversations with just about every guest I have, I finish that conversation. We, If I don't feel I've made the connection with them, I feel like I'll never have the ability to do the podcast. So to the sentimental reason, 900 some odd episodes going on a thousand, whatever, I make sure I connect every single time I do. So I would say that aspect of it, knowing that when that podcast interview ends, I've made the guest happy. We've established a relationship and who knows what that opportunity will bring us. So that's what I guess I'm proud of from that aspect of it. That's awesome. Awesome. I love it. I don't even know what to say. It's just, I, you have come so far. It's phenomenal. I love it. I love how unique your business is and how niche it is. And I love how much emphasis you put on connection. It's really cool. And it's, 
Well, I mean, let's let me let, okay. Let me think about how to yeah. phrase this. How revolutionary do you think it would be if every single salesperson put more emphasis on connection? And I guess what is one small thing that they could do? Anybody who's listening right now yeah. that could significantly improve their sales that you're willing information that you're willing to give away for free. And I know you charge for this, but sorry, I was trying to formulate so, the question as it was going. Yeah, I no, apologize. No. <laughs> so so I look at it this way, when, when you go into a sales meeting and you're about to have a conversation with somebody, um, I know this sounds really hard to do, but you need to let go of you. Um, you can't be focused on you, your company, your brand. I always joke about this, Basia. You ever see people who go into a sales presentation and like one of the first slides they show it's like a whole bunch of logos of every brand they've ever worked with or all the clients that have hired them in the past. You've probably seen it. It's like the logo slide. And sometimes, by the way, yeah. you can find this on any website and wherever it is. Well, it's no problem if you like share this, this particular slide when the meeting is there and then the client asks me, hey, who else have you worked with? But when people come out and they're so excited and they show that one first, I'm always sitting there with my head over my hand. I'm like, you can't do this. The only person that matters in that conversation, in this meeting, is the person you're talking to right then and there, their brand, their logo, them. And if I could use this term, and I would say this, your goal at the end of any sales meeting is completely straightforward. How can I help the person I'm trying to sell to? What am I going to add that's going to help them? Whether it's, if you're, if you're a car salesman, they, they need a new car, they need help getting to that car that, that fits their needs. If you're a realtor, you're looking to find the home to, to, to make your family grow with or to downsize to the next home that you're at. When you're in business and there's a certain technology that you might sell, it, it's that the technology is going to save them time or cost their money, or it's going to make their lives easier. The currency of connection, Basia, is help. And if we don't offer it up in that sales conversation, and if you don't lead in that first conversation, it, eventually sharing how you can help that other person you're not selling anything. You need to be able to connect with that person there. You want to leave with, with that, that currency of help. And in that help exchange, you're going, to ex you're going to fast forward the track of you getting to the part where you will be helping them and they will be paying you so that you can then now grow your business and you've added a new client. Don't worry about adding a new client or making the sale. Be focused legitimately, genuinely, honestly on how you can help the person you're trying to have a conversation with. And I guarantee you, they're going to want to have another conversation with you. All right, Lou, thank you so much for coming on. If anybody is looking to get into contact with you, what is the best way for them to find you? The easiest way, Basia, is to literally search Thrive Loud, T-H-R-I-V-E-L-O-U-D, which you very so aptly before we hit the record button decoded is Thrive and my name, Lou Diamond. Um, it's thriveloud.com. It's at thriveloud on all the social handles. And if you're interested in grabbing a copy of the Speakeasy book, you can go to speakeasybook.com and it'll bounce you right to the Thrive Loud website where you can find the book and where you can also listen to the amazing episodes of Thrive Loud with Lou Diamond. Awesome. Thank you so much. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur and would like to come on the show, please visit top100interview.com. Thank you. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. 
One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.